you'll please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. There are some pew Bibles uh, in the chairs underneath you. And I believe that the passage is on page 812. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. One verse this morning. I get really excited about one verse preaching. (laughs) I love to chew deeply on God's word in small chunks, not big chunks. But this verse this morning is chock full of instruction for God's people this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, again reminding you we're in the sermon series on kingdom living. This is commonly referred to as the golden rule. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Amen. This is God's holy, inerrant, and authoritative word to us this morning. May he add his blessings to it. Let's pray. Father, we freely confess that we are familiar with this teaching, that we have heard this golden rule, even in the secular world. Father, we know that Jesus has profound biblical meaning and teaching for his disciples this morning. And so, Lord, we pray you would teach us and instruct us the way that we should go. Open the eyes of our heart that we may see wonderful things here in your law. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Do to others what they would do to you. Or do to others what they might do to you. Or hit me, and I'm going to hit you back. These are some of, just a few, of the sinful and wrong ways that I know I personally have misapplied and misunderstood the teaching of Jesus here when it came to the golden rule. I actually thought at one point, and I think I could even remember in my mind trying to justify this to my mother after I'm sure that I hit my brother, (laughs) that, Mom, you know, Jesus taught that, you know, if if someone does something to you, you know, you can do it back to them. (laughs) Not exactly how it's supposed to go. I actually thought that this teaching from Jesus was somehow justification to retaliate against someone who had wronged me. I know that I have misunderstood and misapplied the teaching of Jesus here in, in many, many ways. And so I pray this morning that our understanding of what Jesus means here in the golden rule would be corrected, that we would be instructed biblically. The scholar and pastor Dan Doriani says that the golden rule is widely cited and widely abused. So I pray this morning that we would have a correct understanding of it. I've since been corrected in the way I wrongly interpreted the golden rule, and now I see the beauty of this rule, the beauty of the the golden rule, and that is it is to love our neighbor. That is why we read this morning from the Old Testament law, the second table of the Ten Commandments, that all have to do 
with loving our neighbor. And so Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, we find the golden rule. It was given this name hundreds of years ago because of its golden teaching. It's a wonderful, beautiful, biblical principle taught by our Lord. It's, it's golden. And so it received this name in the church passed down through tradition. But the golden rule, in essence, is real Christianity. It's real. It's what it means to live out biblical faith, a Christian faith. We are to love others. There are those who want to claim that Christianity is unrealistic to follow. And it's even hard to understand what Christianity is all about, but Matthew 7, verse 12, the golden rule is as simplistic as it gets. We are to love our neighbor. The golden rule is probably one of the most popular statements that Jesus ever made. Even folks out in society could cite it for us. But this teaching, it's the Mount Everest of moral teaching. It's how we are to treat others. We are to love others. And so, Matthew 7, verse 12, Jesus is teaching his disciples, his, his followers, those who claim to know him and be his disciples, we are to love our neighbor. So this teaching does three things for us this morning that we'll look at. First, it sets forth the standards of what is right. It gives us a command. Secondly, it causes us to put others before ourselves. Lord knows we need to be reminded of that. But thirdly, it drives us to Christ. So let's look at these three things. The first thing, the golden rule sets forth the standard of what is right. This was not just a suggestion from our Lord. This was not him giving us a mere nicety that we might want to treat others this way. Jesus did not preach this rule so that you and I might say, well, that's a, that's a nice idea. That's an ideal way to treat people. No, he preached it so that we might carry it out, so that we might live it, so that we might know that if we're going to live in his kingdom and if we're going to follow the king, this is the way that we treat others, we love others. The golden rule is commanded. It is expected that those who follow Christ will follow the golden rule. Uh, in verse 11, we saw last week where Jesus stated the depravity of our hearts. He called us evil, meaning we have a sinful nature. Now he shows us how to gauge our hearts. He shows us how this is the way that we are to combat the sinful nature in our lives. We are to love others, treat other people with love. And so Jesus says, therefore, in everything, Whatever we do, in all that we do, we are to treat others the way that we would want to be treated, in love. We are to love our neighbor. So what does this look like in everyday life? What is the standard here that Jesus sets for us? Well, we are to constantly put ourselves in the place of other people, and we are to wish the best for them. We are to hope the best for them. We're to hope that they would receive the same grace that we would want to receive ourselves. So in this light, if we were to treat others the way we would want to be treated, in that light, we would never be mean. We would always be gracious. 
You would never be harsh. You would always be understanding. You would never be cruel, but always kind. And these are just a few of the ways that we are called to love our neighbor. Later in Matthew's gospel in chapter 22, a young lawyer comes to Jesus to test him. Jesus, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? You know, what's that one big law that uh, I want to justify myself saying that I am righteous and I keep that one big law? Well, Jesus doesn't do what that Pharisee wanted him to do. He doesn't just go to this one little place and say, check that box. He summarizes it all. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus summarizes the greatest command in Scripture is to love God. But he doesn't just stop there. He says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is the summary of all of God's commandments. We're to love God and love our neighbors. In Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul restates this. He says, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself the bible clearly states that we cannot and do not love god though if we don't love our neighbor in essence loving our neighbor is how we love god and vice versa in first john chapter 4 verse 20 the apostle says if anyone says i love god yet hates his brother he is a liar for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. We are to love God and love our neighbor. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he has set this standard for us. And this standard was also set in the Old Testament. In essence, he's quoting what the scriptures have already taught in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. That was at the end of our Old Testament reading this morning. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. He says, I am Yahweh. And Yahweh says, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule is, in fact, found in many ancient sources and traditions, but none goes back as far as Yahweh's teaching in Leviticus. And so Jesus formulates this command a little differently than the other philosophers and so-called religious experts of our world would say. Because he structures this command, this teaching, this imperative, positively. He says do. It does not say do not. He says do. Do also for them. He commands us to do. Disciples are to be doers of the word. We are to be active in our love for others. Following this command is not to be a disciple's action in response to just a good deed. It's not to be, oh, that person did something nice for you. You better go do something nice for them. Well, that's always a nice idea. But what Jesus is saying here is that every disciple is called to initiate the action. We're called to be the doers. We're called to be active in our faith, loving our neighbor in obedience to the command. We are to love God and love our neighbor. We are to do. And Jesus says, 
This is the essence. This is what all of the law and the prophets say. When Jesus uses that phraseology, we looked at it months and months ago in chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel and the Sermon on the Mount. This is a way of saying, this is what the whole Old Testament teaches. <laughs> You're to love your neighbor. The law being Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, and the prophets, which Joshua to, to, uh, to the kings, Isaiah to Malachi, a big, huge chunk of the Old Testament. They all are teaching this principle to love God and to love your neighbor. So what is the Bible all about? What does the Bible teach? Love God. Love his people. That is the law and the prophets, Jesus says. So the golden rule sets forth what is, what is right. This is the standard for God's people. This is how we are to live in this world, in his kingdom. But secondly, the golden rule teaches us to put others before ourselves. Oh, how we all need to be reminded of this. How we are all me monsters, as I like to call them. We're always thinking about me, 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 I, 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 I. And we need to be reminded. What does this statement mean? What is Jesus talking about here when he says, do to others what you would have to do, what you do also for them? Well, normally under sane mind and heart, we do not hate ourselves. We do not abuse ourselves. We, we don't neglect our bodies and our lives. In fact, we are completely absorbed with ourselves in every way. We are very good at caring for ourselves. I look out across this congregation, looks like everybody had a bath and put on some clean clothes this morning. Good job. We, we love that. But we do. We, we care for ourselves, right? We, we nurture ourselves. We, we take care of our lives. And Jesus says that all that time, all that energy that you take to treat yourself with dignity, respect, with bathing, clothing, makeup, learning, exercise, sleeping, all of that energy. Take care to treat others in that same caring way. Treat others as you would want yourself to be treated. We're not to treat others in a way that we would not want to be treated. Do you like somebody making fun of you? Do you like being yelled at? <laughs> Do you like being cut off in traffic? Do you like being uh, the, uh, exposed to a harshness from a boss at work or a superior? Do you like being picked on at school? I hope your answer to all these things is no. And so the way in which we want to be treated should dictate the way that we treat others. For believers in Christ who have experienced the grace and forgiveness of God in the Lord Jesus, this is the norm. This is the way that we are called to live. Jesus says this sums up. This is what the teaching is. God is a God of love. His teachings are that of love. We are to love others the way that we would want to be loved. We are to love our neighbors. D.A. Carson says, We are to do to others what we would have them do to us. 
not just because we expect the same in return, but because such conduct is the goal of the law and the prophets. This conduct, this principle, this ethic that's before us, this is how disciples of Christ to live. We are to love others. But thirdly, the golden rule teaches us that we need Christ. We need the Lord Jesus. Because immediately when we look at this, we see it's hard to keep this. Because I'm really upset at that person who was picking on me. That person riding my bumper and cutting me off in traffic, they deserve to be run off into a ditch. That is how I really believe. That is how hard it is for me to keep this commandment. It condemns us immediately because we can't, we can't keep it. We treat others this way in everything. And whatever we do all the time, we, 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 we have a hard time doing this. And therefore, we must go to Christ. His perfect love and obedience is the shelter to which we must run. In all of our lives, in and of ourselves, because of our sinful nature, we can't keep this rule. We can't follow this perfectly. We must see that it is the Holy Spirit that makes us capable of keeping this standard. And with the Spirit of God and the grace of Christ, we, we can. As his followers, he has promised to give us a helper, the Holy Spirit, who will teach us things of God and help us to keep the ways of God. And so we must pray for his Spirit to help us. And we must be reminded that Christ died, that we might be able to love, truly love. God gave his one and only Son as a sacrifice, gave him up for us. How can we not also love others if we have been forgiven of everything? And it's a reminder to us. Our lack of love for our neighbor should drive us to Christ. It should drive us to the cross. The standard of the Lord Jesus is hard. It's hard. It reveals our sin yet it shows us our need of grace. We cannot keep the standard for long, so, so what do we do? What do we do? We, we do what we looked at last week. We ask, we seek, we knock, that God would give us his spirit that we might love as Jesus loves. I love the way the New Living Translation actually phrases this teaching. It says, do for others what you would like them to do for you. This is a summary of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Are you treating others, your classmates, your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your neighbors, your co-workers, are you treating them the way that you would want to be treated? Do you realize that God most certainly, most certainly puts difficult people 
and difficult circumstances in your life for a reason, if for no other reason so that you, you would love them, I mean, do you believe that someone who may be pestering you or bothering you or hard on you, do you, do you believe that you could be that way before God in your sin? God causes us to love these people. And are you asking God for help from Christ, through Christ to keep this standard? Do you and are you loving God by loving others? Because Jesus doesn't separate the two. He puts them together. We love God and our neighbor. Folks, there is some weird stuff going on in our culture right now. Don't make me get out magazines and... Ugh, okay, so you all got the picture, right? I say weird. It's sinful. It's wrong. But it's weird. Our world is a sinful world. It is a fallen world. The sin that I see being celebrated right now, it's, it's, it's disheartening. It makes me afraid for the world my children will grow up in. But so my parents said that and my grandparents. And the gospel is true today, yesterday, and forever. Amen? So how do followers of Christ deal with others who are trapped in this sin who are celebrating what is wrong is right. How do we as followers of Christ deal with this? We love them. Hear what I'm saying here. We don't love their sin. We don't love and we don't celebrate and we don't even tolerate sin. But as the old adage goes, we do love the sinner. I mean, think about it. Think about the people that Jesus hung out with. They were extremely scandalous. You won't find me associating with them, I promise. You'd fire me. But yet God puts these people in our paths. Maybe there's someone in your life right now who is struggling with sexual identity. Who is struggling with fidelity. Who is struggling with honesty? Who is struggling with name it? We're to love them. We're to treat others with dignity and love as you would want to be treated. Jesus says, How are we going to win souls? How are we going to show the love of Christ to the world? He says that all people will know that we love him if we love each other. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. And the outflow of that is we love God. We love our neighbor. And in essence, that's what this table before us means. 
a God of love, condescended to his people. He gave himself up for us to show us his love. Might we do the same? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them. Love them. For this is the love of God our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, again, we confess this, this teaching is very, very familiar to us. And we want to put a lot of buts on there. We want to put a lot of conditions upon the way that we are to treat others. But our Lord Jesus does not mince words here. Says, do to others, treat others the way that we would want to be treated. Father, help us to love you more and more, and from that, love others. Help us, Lord, to show the world that we love you by the way we love others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's